0: is going on everybody welcome into another episode of the saints and centers podcast part of the vsn football network it is alec it is jeremy of course uh on the day of the nfl draft the saints will be picking 29th currently however we we i think we both can agree that will change uh jeremy before we dive into the draft uh kind of the, the latest buzz and rumors we're seeing how you doing dude i know you've been under the weather the last couple of days but how you feeling
1: yeah i'm getting there still not uh Optimal yet, but draft day makes me feel happy. So got at a, least just been told. Got a case of the itis. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Don't worry. At eleven o'clock tonight, or it'll either be healed or it'll be
0: significantly worse, <laughs> depending <laughs> what the Saints <clears throat> do. Yep. Speaking yeah, of wait. those New Orleans Saints, uh, it, it's kind of quiet, you know, on the Saints front. You know, normally the Saints are a team that keep they they keep things tight to the vest. Although I think this year, in particular, I think a lot of NFL teams are just because. There's so much uncertainty, you know, especially at the top of the draft. I think nobody really knows how these top three picks are going to go. We think Bryce Young will be number one, although yes. there's still some, a little bit, you know, a little doubt in that happening.
1: Yeah, that whole uh, Stroud debacle kind of took him out of the number one pick race pretty quick. It sounds like,
0: but yeah, then you I, have
1: that's been a whole bunch of weird stuff going on. I don't really know. What happened there was Stroud, but everyone just immediately
0: came to the consensus that he's bad off the field. Which I really don't know where it came from. But then you have the stocks of Will Levis and Anthony Richards- Richardson both fall at one point and then rise back up, yep. fall again for Richardson. But then you see Will Levis, his stock has risen the last couple of days, oddly enough. Because of Reddit. <laughs> there was some guy on Reddit that said
1: he has a source inside... I can't remember who he said, that he's going to go number one, and then his draft odds went from, like, plus 4,000 to minus 400 yep. or some ridiculous shit, right?
0: Yep, and then posted. John McClain, who's very connected with the Texans down in Houston, put on his mock, and he had them taking us number two. So, yeah. I, again, I think a lot of these NFL teams are keeping things pretty quiet, nothing leaking, just because like there's like so much mock. uncertainty. I love
1: it. I, this is – for me, this is what I love about the draft. Like, when I – Start turning it on on TV. I'd shut my phone off. I don't listen to anything being said because I don't want it spoiled. The whole purpose is I just want to see it happen. And that's what this is giving me because I have no idea who's going to go at any pick. And that's just great. That's the whole beauty of it.
0: Right. And I think, again, it's just. And nobody knows. You know, it's so bizarre. This draft in particular compared to other drafts. I think nobody it really has a clear vision of of who's going to fall where and who's going to get taken where. I mean, if there's a yep. clear, when, there's a, when there's a guy like B. John Robinson, who to me is a top three prospect overall, mm. but his range it falls any, anywhere from A to Atlanta or all the way down to 31 at the end of the, at the end of round one, Yeah, it's a bizarre draft because his quarterbacks, yeah, is. there's Bryce Young and there's everybody else right now, as you mentioned earlier, Stroud's stock test taking a really big hit. Um, these wide receivers are not getting as much love as in recent years. Um, Right, right. It's it's interesting. So, you know, the Saints, I think they're in a position at 29 to where they could move up, and I think that's been the buzz. That's been the only real buzz about this team is they have been looking to trade up. And, uh, again, Mickey Lewis, who – the longest tenure GM in the NFL has known to be aggressive, especially in the first round when it comes to trading up. We saw it with Brandon Cooks. Uh, obviously Marcus Davenport. They traded away Cooks to take uh, Ramchek. and yep. um, you know obviously last year uh, trading away this year's first to get a and oh, Penning. So it wouldn't shock me if a move happens night one for the Saints. But let me ask you, how do you think this is going to shape out for the Saints? It's one of those
1: weird drafts where it's like, I feel like if, if this was ever going to be the draft where you trade down, like this would be the one that happens just because of how chaotic it is. I don't think that's going to end up being the case, at least in my opinion, just because it's never happened. So until he does it, I don't think it's actually going to happen. But I think it's either they're going to stick and pick and just take one of the kind of late first early second type defensive lineman or they're if they're really really dead set on someone they'll move up but it it's hard to even say that because i know the fact that i'm going to say this the podcast is going to come out and then it's immediately going to be ineffective because something completely different will happen but my hope personally is that if they really like one of the edges and they just move up and get them that's fine by me whoever that may be but We'll see. I mean, I I don't want another Davenport scenario either, so it kind of depends on the price and where you're moving.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think (laughs) it's just so bizarre in this draft. I think, you know, I think guys like Brees uh, could fall into the mid 20s, low 20s. A guy like Luke Van Ness, who a lot of St. fans do want. And when I watch Van Ness, I think of. the former Santra Hendrickson when I watch his tape so mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense um, you know if Bijan falls into the 20s do you get tempted just knowing the situation with Alva Kamara um, do you try maybe make a move there uh, it's certainly going to be interesting for all the NFL teams uh, tonight for the draft
1: yeah it's one of those just kind of sit and wait type deals like I'm going to be up at midnight tonight and I'll finally figure out who we pick but I don't know. It's always like this with Mickey Woomis, too. I'm not even saying it's just this draft, per se, because it feels like we never have any idea what the Saints are going to do, especially last year after we traded up. We got Olave, we traded up again and got Penning. It's like we don't really know because we haven't really seen a lot under the Dennis Allen tree yet. What we have seen has been good for the drafting, but who knows if they're going to just revert back with Mickey Woomis. I don't know if that was actually him making those picks or if it was more Sean Payton with the Davenport and Turner type thing. But who knows? I guess we'll, this year kind of gives us a good idea on if Sean Payton was kind of the one running that show or if it was actually Mickey making those picks.
0: Right, and I think one name that has come up quite a bit in mock drafts for the Saints has been Kalijah Cansey, oh, yeah. the defensive tackle from uh, Pitt. Yep. Uh, I'll ask you this. You know, I think a lot of Saints fans are kind of split in the middle. They see yep. him as a guy I think at 29 is great value. Right. Uh, but for other guys, they see him more as a day-two pick. Uh, or if you trade up to get him, you're you're overvaluing him as a player and giving <laughs> up a lot more than you should. Right. So, uh, for me personally, I think his arm size or his length is, you know, concerning obviously with him playing inside. But, again, right. Aaron Donald had the same concerns coming out of pit, right? And Aaron Donald, we've seen what he has become, (laughs) obviously. I think, just from what I've seen of of uh, Kansas, he can be that player. He dominated it. A similar type, yeah. Yeah, so. He plays in a similar role. So, let me ask you, how do you feel about if the Saints were to get uh, Kalaja, how would you feel about that? It, It kind of depends on
1: where. Like, if they stick at 29 and pick him, I'm absolutely completely content with that depending on who's there but right. value wise he's perfect for 29. Mm-hmm. Um moving up as long as you're staying within the 20 or below range I would be happy with it. Above that it starts to get a little shaky for me but in terms of the prospect I love the prospect. I mean he's been able to rush the passer from the interior with pretty much his whole career. I mean the last 2 years even more so. It, it Like, the whole Aaron Donald thing is kind of overblown just because he's a pit defensive lineman that is undersized, which, I mean, (laughs) to each their own. If you think he's going to be Aaron Donald, for those who have said that, (laughs) by all means, I mean, I don't think there ever will be another Aaron Donald, so that's always been my kind of mindset with that, but if he can play to a similar role as Donald, where he's on the inside, but he can also rush the passer, take a little bit of the edge off the um, defensive ends... I feel like that's kind of what you need on the interior right now anyway because you've got the run-stopping type defensive lineman and Kalen Saunders, so... Colin Saunders, excuse me. Yeah. But so, I, I'm okay with it. I mean, it's an interesting one. It's one they've been hyping up ever since we heard that they were trying to make calls about him, so...
0: Right, I think I'm in the same boat with you. As long as the Saints stay anywhere from 20 and above, as far as training up is concerned, right. then I think it makes sense. You know, go up there and get the guy you want i uh, and really going from twenty nine to twenty shouldn't cost you more than your third round pick if you swap yeah, it ideally.
1: Cost that much, to be frank. I it yeah. really wouldn't be too much, so
0: Right. So I think as long as you kind of stay in that range I think you're okay. But I think obviously if you trade into the teens, I think it has to be for a Van or Yeah, or uh, Murphy in my opinion. But... Yeah, or Murphy or, you know, Heck, if it was Bijan, he traded to the teams to get Bijan. I wouldn't necessarily hate him because the player that he is, right. um, you know, I think it's worth it. And I think the thing with Bijan is, um, if you're Atlanta picking an eight, right? If you're going to be a team that probably isn't competing the next two to three years, and you're tr- you're probably going to look for a quarterback next year, right? Uh, you're, you're wasting Bijan Robinson. It doesn't make sense to take him at eight. But I think if you're a team like the Saints where you know, assuming the upgrades you made in the off-season pan out well, and Derek Carr is the quarterback, Michael Thomas does come back healthy and plays, say, ten to thirteen games, right? Uh, and you know, with Kamara being suspended, I think getting Bijan puts you pushes you over that playoff edge, where you could be a top three or four seat, or top three or two seat in the NFC. Even in
1: the scenario that he wasn't suspended, like having that one two three punch between right. Kamara, Bijan, and Jamal would be absolutely nasty. So, I think it kind of, for me, depends on who's available there. Like, if there's a really good edge, like a Van Ness or even a Murphy, I think you That's probably look to that first. Right. But if it's Bijan or Bust, pretty much, and most of the edges have gone, and it's kind of just the lineman on the offensive side, I think you probably just look to go Bijan, I'm okay with that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so... Let me ask you this. So, the guys mm-hmm. we just mentioned, uh, you know, potentially uh, Kansi, Robinson, Van Ness, Murphy, mm-hmm. uh, anybody else you would consider? Because I know you would do a lot of the draft homework on this show. When I Ryan say Brusey. a lot, I mean oh, all God. of it. <laughs> but uh, rank rank the guys in order of how you would, you know, oh. uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, you, get you would want how them. How much I want them. Yeah, rank them in order. Ah.
1: I think my personal first option is Murphy. I just, I have such a, how do I put this? Like, Clemson has created some great prospects in the past couple years, Mm -hmm. and I feel like Murphy really showed out on that defensive line that's had some great players along it. So, I feel like he's probably my number one, A, just because you really need edge and defensive line, but there's also not really, nece- aside from Jalen Carter, not necessarily a top defensive tackle in this class, so I think you probably go for positional value just at edge. Um, I think Kansy's probably second just because I know f- there's a pretty good chance that you could get him mid to late 20s, if even if you stick and pick. Um, I like Brze. I, I would be okay with Bijan if they're going to move up for him and there's not, you know, a lot of other value on the board. I'm content with that Mm -hmm. there's not a ton of let me just hold on i gotta look at like a big board or something is what's throwing me off here because i know i'm missing (laughs) two or three names here and it's gonna bother me if i don't mention them i mean like obviously i love will anderson i don't think there's any feasible chance you can get up there for sure if there's some by god miracle that Jalen carter starts falling which i highly highly doubt but If he falls past, like, 13 to 14, I think you just got to move up and fucking do it. No matter what. Like, I don't care what you... Well, (laughs) within reason, what you have to give up, but...
0: Uh, Jalen Carter, no matter what, right?
1: Yeah, you kind of have to do that. Like, if there's some sort of availability for you to get him, I think you kind of have to, even with the character concerns. I've been one of the more vocal people. with. I, I don't really like what he did off the field. The couple of things that's happened between the kind of shitty pro day, and then the whole legal situation. But Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter at this day in the NFL. I mean, we've seen players with worse play. I mean, we're currently seeing it with Deshaun Watson, so Mm -hmm. or at least what they're not convicted but indicted for or whatever you want to call it. But it's just they don't care, and that's fine. If (laughs) Jalen Carter's there,
0: go for it. Um, Yeah, I think – and if he were to somehow slip, I think that would be, you, you got to make the move no matter yeah, what. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I think that is a guy who, like you mentioned, the NFL is a league where they don't care. It's talent over, you know, right. anything else. And When well, he wasn't even,
1: the only thing he got was like a misdemeanor or two. That's the one thing that's always kind of been my viewpoint is even though I don't like necessarily the scenario and i don't like where it went he was never like formally booked per se Mm -hmm. it was two misdemeanor charges from what i'm aware of so there's not a lot in terms of suspensions that would be concerning so i think if he's there i don't think there's a whole lot of downside to taking him if you can really get him to be a good culture fit even better yeah um mazzy smith has been one i've been seeing an absolute ton in the last couple of weeks And that's another one that's hugely splitting the fan base. That's one where it's like you either love the kid or you hate the kid. I don't know what his role would be here, would be my question. Because he's another one of those giant defensive tackles. He's 6'3", 326. So he's just essentially Colin Saunders, but I would assume not as athletic because he's really, really (laughs) athletic. But I... Don't think I would mind him in the second round. I'm not sure that I would take him in the first round from what I've seen on film. But, granted, the Saints do whatever they want. So, I guess we'll kind of see how that pans out. I yeah, mean, for- you have the Hendon hooker thing. I, I'm i at the point where I feel like we've committed ourselves to being a competitive team this year. Right. So, doesn't make sense. he doesn't make sense in the first. Second, I mean... I don't know. Second's even weird for me, just because I feel like you can get value in the second at other positions that you really need.
0: But and I don't, I don't even know if I don't even know if Hooker makes it out of the first round. That's
1: but. that's the other thing. I've been seeing him more and more mocked in the late first now to Minnesota or to Seattle trading back in. So I, I if he goes in the first, I think that makes our lives easier too, because you don't even have to think about it. You just go all right next. You know, go figure out who you want in the second round, but. Right.
0: Let me ask you this I, one. So, and, uh, and Hooker. So, say if somebody wants to trade back at 29 to get back mm-hmm. in the first. Yep. Are you open to trading out of the first round?
1: Um. Depending on who's there, yeah. I, I mean, if there's, like, if there's any top defensive line <coughs> player that you really like there, then you just do it. But if you're not really comfortable with who's there being, like, a first-round talent, I'm content with moving out. Right because I don't really think the value you're going to get out of Hooker would be better than like another second and then maybe a fourth or a fifth. Yep. I, I just You're not getting any value out of Hooker this year, and probably next year at least, because that's when you can get out of Carr's contract is after two years. So it's like, what value are you truly gaining in the short term with him? None. <laughs> you just have another quarterback that's going to be 28 by the time he starts, maybe 29. I've seen the videos, like, I've seen him working out, I've seen him dropping back, he looks great. I think he'll be a good quarterback for some team. I don't dislike him. I liked the idea that we brought him in just to see what he was, but I I don't think it's probably your optimal scenario. Even if, like, the prospects left on the board aren't great, you can still trade down. So, not really my cup of tea, but I'm sure there's some people that are still all over that, so... (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I think... Uh, again, I think I would be open to it, just like you said, depending who's there on the board at 29. Uh, makes l- it, it, it would make sense to trade back and get assets, but at the same time, that's not really what the Saints do. Yeah. Uh, so, let me ask, let's follow up with this then. So, obviously, uh, the report came out yesterday that the Commanders uh, declined the fifth-year option for Chase Young. Yeah. Uh, and there's that report coming out a couple hours ago that the commanders could move either Chase Young or Montez Sweat during day one of the draft, um, with both of them being free agents uh, after this upcoming season. So, does that gauge your interest at all? You know, maybe talking to Washington about Montez Sweat or Chase Young.
1: It's a hard one because I know what you're going to have to give up. I, it's going to be 29 that you're giving up. I, I'm i pretty dead set that you're not going to be able to get him for a third. I mean, 40 maybe if they're really, really out on him and don't want to pay him. But
0: I'm pretty certain it would have to be 29. So except... what if what if you swap 29 for 47 and then you get one of those defensive
1: ends? If you do that, I mean, that's completely fine. I mean, I, I'm not sure what their acceptance level is or what they're looking for necessarily. But it might be Hooker. <laughs> maybe or maybe another defensive end <laughs> did not have to pay, I guess. I don't know.
0: And I think, well, the big thing for Hooker, we've seen it happen before. You know, the Vikings traded back in 2014 to get Teddy, to get Teddy Bridgewater. Yep. Uh, the Ravens did it with Lamar Jackson in 2018 just yep. because of that fifth year of control. You know, if it does pan out for it's whoever big, has yeah. the quarterback, uh, you have know, the extra year of control to kind of, you know, get a contract figured out so i mean it makes sense when he's 31 years old
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's wild to think about (laughs) by the time you're paying it you'll be 31 we'll
0: have one payday yep it's it's weird because
1: i'm just sitting here right now like i know i've got stuff i gotta do this afternoon i've got you know a couple tests i gotta take or whatever but i'm sitting here and all i can do is just sit here and think about how this is going to go down And this is the first year in my, I would say, five or six years of actually watching the draft, watching it, Uh where I just have no fucking clue what's going to happen. I'm awestruck, kind of, because this is not something I've experienced in the couple years that I've watched. It's fun. It gives me this thrill where it's like, anything could happen right now. And, I mean, I could get a Twitter notification in two minutes saying we traded up to three and I wouldn't really be blown away at this point. That's kind of where we're at. Right. It's just, it's fun, but it's also kind of horrifying because I know we could just go, oh, let's get another Cesar Ruiz, which, you know, panned out this year, but for four years was like, what the fuck are we doing? Mm-hmm. Um, It's weird because the thing about edge right now for me is, I mean, so you have Cam Jordan, sure. He, he's not as great as he once was, but he's still a quality defensive end. You have Peyton Turner, who you really are hoping pan- pans out, and he had in the couple games he played. So it's like, defensive tackle is probably your bigger need right now, but there's not necessarily one that you're like content with taking at 29, I would say, unless Brise falls there. So it's going to kind of come down to, I'm assuming, best player available and that's why I'm having such a hard time right now because we have no idea who's going to be off the board. So I I think their best option this year would be trade up, go up into, like, the mid-teens and, like you said, get Van Ness, get Murphy, you know, whoever you like the most out of that, you know, middle ground edge group by all means. But I guess we'll see. I, it could be one of those years where I'm blown away and we don't move up and I sit there for hours waiting for us to do something, so. As long as it's not a trade out of the first round where I'm like sitting there all night and then they just don't make a pick, that would bother me. That that would really bother me. But um, I don't know. It, it's it's just weird to think about because so you've got divisional rivals in the top 17 picks, all of them. Where are the Bucks right now? Are they 19? 19, yeah. So you've got the Panthers at one. So you know for a fact almost that there's going to be a new quarterback in this division one way or another at least one if atlanta gets the opportunity i honestly don't think they would pass on richardson or levis but that's my opinion um i know for a fact the bucks would not pass on either of them (laughs) because even if you want to develop them behind baker for a year there's no way you pass on a 19 they may even move up for one which is so we could see i mean if the panthers pull some crazy crap out of their ass and take will anderson you could see zero quarterbacks in the division that change or you could see all three change so well, four even, because we got our new one, so it's a weird night. It's one of those weird ones where you just kind of sit around and wait what happens, wait and see how it all pans out.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, you mentioned you hit it, you hit it spot on earlier. You know, I've been watching the draft and, you know, kind of really getting into it the last, I don't know, six, seven, maybe eight years. Right. It's probably the first time ever I'm truly stumped in the stars. forget the entire draft, the top ten alone—I don't think nobody can figure out.
1: I'm just gonna look at the nobody can figure out the top the ten. I, I, we might as well do predictions at this point because we're <laughs> yeah. we've talked about it long enough. <clears throat> I haven't even thought about it, but I mean, just looking at this group, I know there's probably going to be at least two trades within the top ten. I would say, yeah, that's safe. like. I don't think Arizona's sticking. No, no. Unless, like, some unfathomable thing happens in the top three, I, I think they're sticking with, yeah, sticking with trading. They're trying to trade out of it. Um, but I also don't think they're trading far, because I don't think you just give up the opportunity to go get a Will Anderson or, if you like, Jalen Carter, a Jalen Carter. Mm-hmm. Just to get more assets in, like, the third or fourth round. I, I don't think that's really a great idea, at least in my opinion. I mean, the Cardinals have made some interesting decisions in the past couple years, but I, I would say Indianapolis is probably where they move down there. Um, it's weird. I mean, I my assumption is Carolina is going to go Bryce Young. Right. I don't really – the only one I could actually see – happening otherwise currently would be anthony richardson just because of the upside if they really want the upside go for it mm-hmm. my issue with that would be you just brought in a new head coach is he really gonna risk and bank his job on like a two to three year project right because what are the odds that he gets fired before that even
0: pans out and then i mean also i mean say it takes two years three years to develop everything <laughs> which, well, logically you have two years left of him and then right. you gotta pay him and then
1: you got to deal with the fifth year and yeah. then the payment. Yeah. yeah,
0: then you got to pay him. I think... It's got to be Young. Young has to be the pick at one.
1: I think it kind of has to because you just drafted a good blindside tackle last year too in a Akema hmm I, I think Bryce Young kind of needs a good offensive line solely just because of the height. I, I'm not one that thinks his height is a bad thing. I, I think his height is just part of what you're getting with him. But... I think having a good blindside tackle really gives him the opportunity to stand in the pocket and make the decisions that we've seen him make because he probably is the best passer in this class. I I don't think there's someone that can throw the ball better than him overall. That doesn't mean he has the biggest arm. That doesn't mean he has the best decision-making, but he has the best combined all of the throwing traits together. And I think if you can give him the opportunity to utilize that, uh, there's... A limitless potential with him. I think Anthony Richardson's kind of, it's limitless potential, but it's going to take time to tap into it. He's kind of less refined with it currently.
0: And he's got to go to like the perfect place to develop. If he doesn't go to the right place, he will be a backup, you know, before his deal's that's... up. Somebody, that's... they will give up on him. <sighs> see, that's what's throwing me off with it too,
1: because I don't know if teams recognize that necessarily.
0: They just see the raw potential.
1: Right, like, if you're Houston sitting it two, do you go, oh, we probably should pass on Richardson just because he wouldn't fit with our team right now? Like, I, I, it's not saying that it won't happen. It's just I don't understand how they think because I feel like teams don't think like that. They just go, oh, pretty prospect. Let me put him on my system. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how it's been for a while. And it worked out with Joe Burrow. I, I was one of the, I've always been one of the people that advocates for build the roster first, then put the quarterback into the system. Because then you're not wasting years of the contract. You get five years of essentially verifiable contract under your name and then pay them after it. Like, that's kind of what they did with Jalen Hurts, except they built in between and beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I've i never been one that's take the quarterback and then build the roster. But it's kind of goes both ways because you don't know what you're building for if you haven't already taken the quarterback.
0: Right, and I think oh, – it's so it's so confusing because I I just – I don't know what's going to happen. I, I don't. really don't. I, I'm I don't think, I don't think nobody awestruck. knows. I don't think nobody else knows about that.
1: I don't think the teams even know what's going to happen, which is the beauty of it. Like, I mean, obviously I would assume Carolina knows what they're going to do, even though they'll wait the whole 12 minutes because television. But mm-hmm. I, I – like – do we have? Does Houston have any idea what they're going to do at this point? Well, because with all the Stroud nonsense, with Richardson there, presumably, I think Houston I think, there, Houston.
0: I think Houston will take Will Anderson at too.
1: I. That's kind of what I've been thinking. I, I think, think, they'll think they'll take Will Anderson if nobody. Because there's so if, much
0: variation with the quarterbacks. If right nobody now, wants like, to trade up, I think they'll take Will Anderson. And then I think, then I think what gets interesting at three, I think the Titans are going to be the team that makes the move up to get. The yeah, I've been big. seeing that. Yeah. I think that's the
1: I... move. <sighs> They're another one of those ones that's like, okay, you got the quarterback. What the fuck's left? <laughs> yeah, and, I, and
0: I, if I'm Tennessee, I mean, Derek Henry's at the last year of his deal. Right. Uh, and then you, uh, you just know, blew up half you, the rosters. You, you, <laughs> quite literally. And, I mean, you had Malik Willis, and say what you want about, about Malik Willis, but I don't think you got a very fair rap this year in Tennessee. No. Nah. He didn't, he didn't uh, yeah, he he didn't. He he got done wrong by the by the by the Titans. So, yeah, so far. A, a Brian Tannehill. We saw last year when they drafted uh, Malik Tannehill was like, I'm not gonna sh- I'm not gonna mentor him. Yeah. Brian <laughs> Tannehill. Who who the hell do you think you are? <laughs> it's like well, if they take Stroud, then hey, I think <laughs> I think Stroud will be mentoring him. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I just don't know if Tennessee makes sense because. Like you mentioned, they blew up half the roster in the off season. Um, you know, I think they're trying to get away from the Derrick Henry offense. Right. Uh, so I, I just don't know. I, I don't like the move. I don't like the fit. I like the pro. I like the player in Stroud, but I don't like the fit in Tennessee. Yeah. Um. And after really three, I mean, I don't know what happens. I think you know nah, there were know. there were reports. <laughs> There were reports about the Eagles looking to trade up to get Jalen Carter or yep. Paris Johnson, oddly yep. enough, which Odd. the Eagles have two really good tackles. Uh, yep. That's e- kind of their thing. They
1: always draft for future. They never draft for what yeah. need, which is interesting to me. But it works. I yeah, mean, it blatantly possible. works. But yeah. uh, so I it, just don't know. It's weird. I just don't know. Um, like, could Houston even package up to one? would be my other question because for they what? have for 12 young. and two for young could they for if they like young or if they really like someone else because that's been something i've kind of been mulling on like i've been hearing that i want to actually let me find the source on that there was someone saying that they were mulling moving up or down which is interesting because they have two and 12 right let's see who's saying it who was it there was someone that, it was a pretty reliable source that was saying they were either looking to move up or down, but they didn't necessarily specify if that meant up from 2 or up from 12. I would assume up from 12, but I can't find the exact source. But anyway, I feel like, I mean, granted, they could have had the number one pick if they just didn't win at the end of the year, but um, mm-hmm. I feel like if they're really in on Young, you just go get them. Because I, I don't think you can rely on Carolina passing on whichever one you like. But <laughs> it, we're at the point where we're probably going to get like seven or eight trades in the first round or some ridiculous nonsense. So who knows? I mean, we've got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight, nine first round picks so far have already been moved from their initial team. Because number one was Chicago, it's Carolina. Number five was Denver. Number six was the Rams. Seven was, or excuse me, nine was Carolina. Ten was ours. Twelve was Cleveland. Thirteen was the Jets. Fifteen was Green Bay. And then 29 ours is San Francisco's. So, I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of parity in this draft. I also think the fact that there's not 32 picks makes it a little more interesting. Because now there's going to be a quote unquote first round prospect that falls to thirty three. Yeah. Which granted there is every year, but that kind of makes the second round a little more potent because now you're one pick ahead of where you thought you would normally be. So shout out to Miami. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <coughs> Thanks for yeah. trying to steal our coach. It's just uh <coughs> it's just all gonna be interesting. Uh the draft should be fun though, nonetheless. Um Oh yeah. Before we get to the last topic here, Jeremy, is there anything else you wanna get off your chest here on the day of the draft? Nah, I mean,
1: I'm going to be sitting here waiting, I guess. There's not a lot of things you can do at this point as a fan. You just kind of sit here anxiously until 8 o'clock tonight and then another 12 minutes because, God forbid, someone makes the pick initially.
2: All I right. don't
1: know. Why does that happen? That's, like, why can we not just make the pick and move on with our lives? <laughs> 'Cause they so gotta make time months.
0: for the, we gotta make time for the commercials and for the T V built up the drama and all that. God. Yeah,
1: that's why. Back when fucking Nikola Jokic was drafted during a Taco Bell
0: <laughs> commercial. Uh <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, so last topic, and this is probably gonna be the most challenging of them all, I'm just mm-hmm. gonna tell you right now. Mm-hmm. Predict the pick. What is your honest gut feeling uh at this moment? Uh Currently, hours before the NFL draft starts. What do you think is going to happen ultimately for the Saints? I
1: tend to rely on what I see from their top 30 visits. It seems like they take quite a few players from that. I have no data to back that. But from my what I've seen in the last couple of years, it seems that those are actually used on players they like. So my assumption is if they move up, it will be for Miles Murphy. Mm-hmm. If they're sticking, it will be Osiris Torrance that I think those are the two that they're they were both top 30 visits. Their first top 30 visit was Osiris Torrens. Okay. So, and Murphy was very early in the system as well. So, that would be my guess. I I it could be literally any player that has a first round grade on them through like the third round maybe, but it's just that would be
0: my two right now, I think. <laughs> okay. Okay, I think that I think I'm going to make the prediction. <laughs> I'm going to make the prediction that the Saints will trade up. They will Mm -hmm. get aggressive. And in a bit of a a true Saints twist, as much as we've been talking about the the linemen, whether it's interior offensive linemen or whether it's an edge or a defensive guy, Mm -hmm. in true Saints fashion, they will not do that when trading up. And I'm going to say that they trade up to take Bichon. I think that's going to be the pick. I gotta. I, I couldn't tell you why. It's just a gut feeling. I think they're gonna try and say, you know what? F the defense. It is what it is. It's still gonna be a top ten unit at the end of the year. Let's it's just pony up this play. offense and and make it as electric as we can.
1: Yeah, it, it's weird because you know they're gonna want to improve the offense after last year, but is Dennis going to be willing to do so? That's, I think it's going to come down to, does Dennis actually have enough sway in this to say, let's pick someone defensive? Yeah,
0: and I guess we'll. I guess that pick, will, like you mentioned earlier, will know if it was more of Sean or Mickey. Right, Make you're going to get a moves. real good idea of yeah. who
1: did what. Because last year was kind of, we saw both. Because we saw Lave who kind of went against the grain for their type of pick. You know, skill position player on the offense who wasn't necessarily... Freaky athletic, per se. He was a little undersized compared to some of the bigger receivers. He wasn't, you know, some giant guy. He was just they got aggressive a quality to route runner. And they went up and got him, which is yep. the other thing. And then the next pick, you got Penning, who's literally tat
0: for tat exactly
1: what you would expect from the previous Saints regime. Sorry. Right. And
0: keep in mind also, folks, I think another bonus this year's draft is you almost have an extra first round pick in Trevor oh, yeah. Penning. Just because you didn't see a whole lot of him last year, but what you from what you did see, you saw potential. For sure. Uh, so kind of just thinking of that as Trevor Penning as an extra bonus to this year's drive class, just because you didn't see a whole lot of him last year. So. And you yeah. got three top under picks, so that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So it's going to be chaotic. <laughs> it's going to be exciting, no matter what happens tonight. <laughs> I'm sure Saints Twitter will be well and alive or in flames by the end of I the night. I will be off on
1: Twitter for yeah. tonight. <laughs> and maybe all of tomorrow, depending on the pick. I might just
0: mute all the – I might just mute, might mute Saints uh on my Twitter. Just mute Saints. It's just the word Saints. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Um, But it's going to be exciting nonetheless. We'll see what happens with what the Saints do, and we will bring you uh, our reaction to the entire NFL draft next week Uh, once the draft is over Uh, this weekend. Uh, Jeremy, any last words before we sign off here uh, today? In the words of the great Mickey Loomis, right now we have eight picks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right now,
0: <laughs> I agree with that. I think that's. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pony all I'm gonna p- piggyback on that because uh, I think they will not use all eight picks on players. Oh, no. all right. If no, they,
1: they use all eight picks and it's the same eight picks, I will be absolutely astounded.
0: And maybe, I mean, maybe a little disappointed, too. Eh, I think a party might be a little disappointed if they... I like should. I like the picks we have, but it would be pretty boring compared to, like, right, last year. Right. Where
1: I was just sitting there, and it's like, oh, you know, we're exactly. in the top 15 now. Exactly. <clears throat>
0: exactly. But uh, it should be a fun draft, folks. Um it would be lots of fun, so uh, oh, yeah. we'll, be, we'll be here next week to talk about it, uh, the entire draft class, and what it means for the Saints. Yeah. Until then, this has been Alec, and that is Jeremy on the Saints and Centers Podcast, a part of the VSN Football Network. Um, and Until then, we're signing off. I'll see you guys next week. See you.